You're listening to OK Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. I'm Sylvia Bell. I'm a culture writer, host, producer, and lover of Beyonce. And I'm Scotty Beam, a media personality, content creator, and music enthusiast. And sometimes I like to dabble in, you know, a little wing kind of sore shit. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how I do. A bone or two. <laughs> Wait, I can't believe it's taking this up to episode four for me to ask this, but flats or drumsticks? Flats for the rest of my life, sweetheart. Sweetheart, you understand it's always going to be flat. What? I just felt like it had to be, you had to put your allegiance out there and let the people know what side you're on. You're oh, on no, team no, flat. I will always fight I prefer, for a flat. I prefer a flat, but I don't pay extra for all flats. <laughs> like, I'm going to have my mix and I'm going to deal with it. Like, I don't hate drumsticks, but that's the difference. I'm going I'm to pay extra for the flats. I get it. You know, hey. Always. But, but I won't discriminate. Like, I will eat a drumstick if I have to. I will eat a drum. But I'm saying if I had my choice every time, flats. Got every you. freaking time. I understand it. Shout out to American Deli. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, this is the part in the show where we usually check in on how we're feeling. But, you know, to quote one of my favorite Bravo Housewives, I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Not well. Every day is an emotional roller coaster because we are facing not one but two pandemics, as most of our listeners are personally aware of. It's basically impossible to list all the reasons why this past couple of weeks have been an emotional roller coaster for Black people everywhere. Um, but we want to highlight a few issues that are top of mind. So, Scotty, what, right. what's got, what's, what's on your heart? What's on your heart and mind? It's a heavy heart. Um, my spirit is very heavy. There's been times where I have said no to speaking about things because I think I am so angry that I am not able to organize my thoughts correctly and may slip up and say, come and see me. I live right here. I want to fight every five seconds because there's just so many thoughts in my mind. But I think one that I'm struggling with, I'm struggling with everyone, but this one is just top of my mind would be, you know, black people feeling like they need, they're responsible for educating white people on American mm. history. Yes. Which is black history. But y'all labeled it black history. It is American history. Um, the fact that they have ignored an entire racist existence in history does not have to fall on you. You have done the work to educate yourself after those bullshit history classes in high school. Why couldn't they do the same? Right. They knew about the work before they felt the pressure to learn. They knew about the work before George Floyd. They knew about it before Breonna Taylor. They knew about it before Tamir Rice. They knew about it before Mike Brown. They knew about it before Sandra Bland. They knew about it before Trayvon Martin. They knew about, about it before Sean Bell. They knew about it before Amadou Diallo. They knew about it. They knew about the, the, the learning and unlearning that they would have to do. They ignored it. Yeah. And Google is also right there. I think there's never been a time for white people to be ignorant less than right now when everybody has a freaking smartphone in their hand. Because they don't want to fucking do the work. Right. Like, so they don't want to do the work. It's not because of a so lack of access they think, to information Right, it's not. You, do, you have all the access. You've always had all the access. Why would you not try to educate yourself on what's going on in the America that you love so much? Yeah. In the past. You know what I'm saying? That's because they think black people are their, are their mule. Mm. Or that it's optional. You can opt in or out. And that's the part about, that's the privileged part of it, right? Like, there's 
racism manifests in a lot of ways. The way that most people attribute to it is hate. Like, oh, I don't hate black people, so I'm not racist. But hate is just one manifestation of systematic racism in this country. Privilege is another. Ignorance Mm -hmm. is another, which is what you're talking about. Your ability to stay ignorant or your choice to stay ignorant. It's a choice. It's not the ability. It's a form of that's that's racist. That's racist. Right. And think that you're being there. You're being there for your black friend or black person by doing the the education or doing <laughs> the learning. No, bitch, that's for you. Because like you said, Sylvia, and like Toni Morrison said, racism is a white people thing. Pro- this is for fucking problem. you. It's your problem. It's your fucking problem. Now fix it. Go go leave me your people and, and like fix like it. like Toni Morrison said. Leave me the fuck out of it. She didn't say the fuck, but I know she wanted to say, leave me the fuck out of it. Leave me out of it. This is your problem. I believe that the fuck was on her heart as well. Right. <laughs> I knew that, that, that it was there. It's frustrating. And the one thing I wanted to add there because I wanted, like, I need us to touch on this is, like, we, like, the well-intentioned white people who really think that they're just, like, being an ally by trying to get informed, like, being an ally does not include making black people do more invisible labor. Making hitting up your black friends right now and asking them all these questions. Right. And then they feel like after they do those things that they will feel better. No, no, that's not how that works either. I don't have white friends. So, <laughs> so I don't know relate. what that's like. I cannot relate. I shan't relate. You, you don't have white friends. <laughs> right. Surprise. <laughs> me bitch yes of course i don't have i don't have white friends i have okay maybe i have one or two hmm. i uh, probably have maybe i'll say one just in case i do and i forgot sorry to that you know one white friend yeah <laughs> but yeah i i don't white people have turned a blind eye you know to black people suffering and the outcries of black people for eons and eons like so i I'm very frustrated with them feeling like, oh, no, teach me, you know, tell me every I've been seeing like posts like influencers saying, I I love for y'all to educate me on what I'm missing out on. No, that is your job. Pick up a book. Like it was our job. It was our job to pick up a motherfucking book after we left high school, because if if we were going straight from the shit that we learned from high school, we were just some slaves. That's it. Then it and then chapter. we then we magically right and then we magically appeared again for the civil rights movement. <laughs> <laughs> then we disappeared again Did and we... then Barack Obama came. <laughs> Don't piss me the fuck out. Like I just you know what I'm saying? Scholastic like, I... version of Black history. Right. Were, were we there during the Great Depression? <laughs> <laughs> like, did we, we fight any wars? That's what I'm saying. Like... We were never ever a thing. We just came in those three big moments <laughs> in American history, which pisses me off. And it's such a shame. And that's like why it's where we say it's systematic. It's not like it's bigger than just racism. It's in every system and facet of our lives in this country. And these are the ways in which I think it's wild to me, but white people are just realizing that, oh, these are other issues. It's not just, oh, I don't shoot a black person. I want them to have all their rights. I'm good. Check it off. Like, no, that's not what real allyship looks like. Allyship looks like also taking the weight off of us taking the time off of us and dealing with it amongst yourselves. Go gather your racist relatives up and down the family tree. Go and grab your aunt. What do they call them? <laughs> not aunts. Aunts. Go and grab not aunt. Auntie, but aunt. Not auntie. Aunt and <laughs> uncles and grandma and grandpa and figure out where the fuck y'all went wrong. I have to say, this is my first time 
dealing with a moment like this where it becomes 24-7 and everybody's talking about it where I didn't have to report to white people with, you know, like how I used to, like with my at BuzzFeed. So it's like really... What does that look like right now? I didn't realize how much of a weight is was lifted when I didn't have to... Like you, sometimes you, you don't realize how much it impacts you to have to deal with that during all of this. Like we talk about it, but... To be able to experience it without that, I need every black person to be able to feel this way. Because for me, when, you know, when George Floyd was killed, the video was circulating. The fact that I didn't have to go into a meeting, the fact that I didn't have to talk to nobody, the fact that I didn't have to sit around white employees trying to figure out what was said, what was wrong, what's the best way to cover it, what's an appropriate headline, like also the guilds, especially when you're like in a, a newsroom that's like aware, like the BuzzFeed newsroom is pretty aware. But the thing is that I think that as a company, sometimes people don't think about, but the fact that black people have to work through this when it's personal for us, that's the layer that often gets ignored. So like I, because they were like, what's the solution? You don't work. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe give some people some free personal days for this. Like, yes, maybe that is something you should be able to do. Because it's just, it's like we've said before on this very show, it's very traumatic to watch all of us being killed this way and knowing that there's nothing that was stopping or protecting that from being you or one of your loved ones. So give us time to process that. But I have to say, like, I didn't have to talk to, I haven't had to talk to a white person all week in two weeks. And that, uh, only by choice. Only by choice. And that's been mm. that's been something because I haven't had to explain anything. I can't even imagine what some like a lot of people are going through. Like it's just I understand. And even the guilt of like, is it rude to not respond to the white people who I know care about me and are in my inbox or my DMs to like, you know, offer support or this or that? Like even that guilt sometimes is you have like that's the part that we have to work through and be like we're just all really too nice because like the oh, fact, shit. we're just all too nice the fact that we even just the fact that we only are asking for justice and not revenge in itself is a gift take it and just do with it what you will we have to wake up monday to some more well-intentioned white democrats kneeling for eight minutes with, and the, come, kente cloth. with the kente cloth that i'm sure it wasn't even truly from ghana and like or anywhere else in west africa and it's like we asked nancy nancy sis pelosi we asked for a lot of things you kneeling (laughs) and can't take cloth was not one of them it was not nobody it was literally like the manifestation of that meme where it's like literally no one democrats like right (laughs) that's What's crazy is like I'm a visionary, so I I'm I'm watching in my head how it looked like them passing out the kente cloth, and they're like, "Here, Nancy, here, all right, everybody got their kentes, all right," and like the fact that at the end they gotta take it off and give it back. You know what I'm saying? Like these aren't for you to take home. And the CBC was involved, which is the Congressional Black Caucus, right? And so those are like black Congress people and stuff and and senators. And I'm just, I have questions for them in the sense where part of me is like, okay, these are older black people. And maybe they're thinking like, I think about the Baptist Church Black History Month programs that I've attended growing up and how they're just really out of touch. And I'm trying to figure out like, is it really an out of touch moment? But the narrative I would prefer is that if there was a Daryl from the office, there was a couple of Daryls from the office who were just like, we going to embarrass these white people today. You know, and they're like, when they're just nice, and I'm like, you know what I think we should do? I think we should just wear some Kente clubs. And they're probably, I feel like in my heart, I'm thinking about black uh, people on Capitol Hill who are just like, you know what? 
that's what you think you should do, then you should do it. Go ahead. You should do it. Absolutely. Show the people how dumb you actually are. (laughs) Like, I really hope that, like, in my mind, that's got to be it. I can't figure out what else. But that's the point. Well-intentioned white people, quote unquote, because that's all we can hope is because we have to take you at your word on that. But you're not doing any of the things Hmm. we're asking you to do. We're not, you're not doing any of the things we've asked you to do. You just want to do, again, this is your privilege. This is your privilege to be like, okay, this is what I think will make sense. Instead of just listening to the people who suffer from what we're talking about, you sit there and you're saying, okay, no, no, no. I heard, I, I heard you, shit, Sylvia, but listen to this. Listen, hear me out. <laughs> I have a we're going to get the Kente cloths. We're going to just wrap it around our necks. We're going we're gonna to kneel for eight minutes. Eight minutes, because we want to mimic the cops, the murderer we, in this scenario. Please stop reenacting how this man was killed. It's not peaceful. Cops in the streets, stop kneeling. <laughs> like, any, literally, we just want you to stop killing us. We ain't ask you to Macarena. We ain't ask you to wobble. We ain't ask you to cha cha slide. We ain't ask you to do none of that shit. Electric slide. Electric slide. None of it. Tootsie slide. Like, we ain't ask for none of that. None of it. I just ask you to stop killing us if you could. God. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's the truth. But it's 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 nuts to me. It's 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 beyond. It's, you know, I don't know. Because... I don't know. I feel like with well, as many people in my tribe <clears throat> and also my family and my friends and how much I love them, I can't see. And, and the random black people that I see on the street and how much <sighs> I can't even find the words because I I just have the hardest time understanding why it's so hard to care about us to care about us and even the fact that people have to say take the skin out of it no leave the skin in it Mm. why is it so hard why is it so hard to care about like somebody like my grandmother why is it so hard to care about sylvia why is it so hard to care about these people who mean something and have a purpose on this earth you know what i'm saying yeah and I just hate having to explain it over and over again or even think about it. And I think it's just so important right now as black people for us to pour into each other. Right. And, and having positive and joyful moments because there is so much. There's a war <laughs> within ourselves and also outside. So, you know, I it, it tears me up. It tears me up to have to fight again to give them reasons why a black person should breathe, should breathe. Period. Take the next breath. Right. It angers me very much. And also this goes for people of color, too. So you're not also you're not exempt. Please do understand that. It is you, too, whom I have to explain why black people matter. Which is, yeah, which is even wilder because like you guys, like people of color face prejudice and it's like, but yet we can't still see that in each other. Like yet you can't understand that. It's all, to me, it's always people of color when it's something that's beneficial to us, but when it's like down to us being killed or whatever, now it's just black folks. When it's negative, it's down to just black people. And it's like, no. It's them. Oh no, now it's them. Now it's them. I don't know anything about that. It's like, no, it's like be about that action capitalize the b in my black 
and pull up. The same way we're looking for the whites to pull up, you need to pull up too because... And the fact that we be on the front lines for every other issue. Every other issue. Every other issue. Fighting for somebody else's rights every single time, especially black women. Yes. You can't do the same for us? It's not lost on me that the three cases that we have touted up, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud's killers have been arrested, George's killers are all in jail, Breonna's, not any, not one. Not one arrest has been made for this black woman. And the fact that even in her case, she didn't even leave her home. She literally did nothing wrong. She was literally asleep. She was asleep. They shot this black girl in her bed while she was asleep. When they broke, they broke into her home on some BS warrant. And then they're talking about, oh, our bad. We had the wrong house. So like, does that mean whoever's house you had, you were going to do the same thing you did to the wrong person? Either way, it's messed up. Those are the things that get me because it's like, there is nowhere we can hide. There is nothing we can do to be safe because I could literally be sleeping in my bed where it should be my peaceful place. And you guys can still come and kill me and not one person can get arrested for it? How has no cop, there's no defense for that. There's literally no excuse. You can't say you thought she was a threat. You can't say none of nothing, like any of that. She was asleep, bruh. And you were in her house. Yep. why are you still walking free? Why are those three men still walking free? I don't give a fuck if they're, what badge they got. Right. They should be in jail. And the fact that like, we're over here begging, clawing, whatever, to have to even just get arrests when that's just a crumble of it. It's not even a conviction. We still have to see about, you know, we're over here debating charges. We got medical examiners lying about causes of death like we saw when George Floyd's family got their own independent person to prove that none of Georgia didn't have any pre-existing conditions that made him die. That man's knee on his neck made him die. Like, why do we have to fight so, like, it doesn't even, it doesn't have to be all this. It's all I kept thinking in my head. Like, black people are, we are literally, people are in the streets marching, getting beaten, getting arrested, getting the coronavirus, to be honest, to just, so you guys can arrest police officers when they kill us we shouldn't it don't have to be all this like that's that's the that's the part that's so frustrating like and i think that's like also what you were alluding to scotty like the lack of humanity in it the apathy the privilege of apathy where you can just choose to not care i don't have that privilege my sister and brianna taylor were born on the same day they both have similar baby faces and i just couldn't help but think that whole day I know how much this day has mattered to me and my family since my sister was born. These are both women who are in their 20s. Now, this is a dark day for her family. I couldn't help but think about her sister and her mother. That whole day is me and my mom and my sister spent that day together because the sad truth is, we don't know if we'll get another one. The way people are going, there's nothing, it haunts me in my sleep that there is nothing separating my sister and Breonna Taylor's fate. Nothing. Nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to just keep living with that knowledge? We're supposed to just keep tap dancing for you and entertaining you and giving you ways to make money while that's our reality? It's like I said, they're just lucky that all we're looking for is justice and not revenge. It's literally the least you could do. And I think that 
the rug that they are trying to sweep Breonna Taylor under has so many black women underneath it already. And I just want us to, even as a people internally, as a, when we speak about our narratives for this, I want us to not act like police care whether it's a black man or it's a black woman. I want us to make sure that, like, you know, I constantly hear people say, I have a black son. I have no choice but to be here. If you have a black daughter, you have no choice but to be there either. If you birthed a black being. Period. You should be like, you should still be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I think it's just inherent for us because honestly, the black women who have been killed um don't get this like the publicity isn't always the same so i think that's a lot of the reason why a lot of people maybe don't even realize that it's happening to us at the same rate as it's happening to men but i just want us to love on each other all of us like the way we love on black men during these times i want to see black men love on black women the way we as cis black men and women love on each other during this time we need to show that love to the LGBT community too, to queer black people, to queer black people, like to trans black people. We need all of our lives matter in that sense. And we can't be out here trying to prove that to white people if we can't even understand that amongst ourselves. Because it's like, we're out here marching for, you know, George Floyd, who, you know, is this black man. And it's like, at the same time, trans women are being beat up. Like, at the same time, same headlines, in the midst of all of this, by black men. And it's just like, bruh, <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Like, you can't be asking for something. Like, I'm always more disappointed when it's black people because nobody should understand what it's like to be treated this way more than us. So it mm-hmm. always frustrates me so much when I see cis black people treat queer black people this way because I'm just like, bro, who knows more than us what it's like to be told that your existence is a lie or not true or that you don't have the rights to do these things. Like, we should know better than that. There's just such a spectrum of what, like, that what we're dealing with right now. It's just, I don't even know. It's such an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Um, Langston Hughes said, uh, Negroes, sweet and docile, meek, humble, and kind. Mm. Beware the day they change their minds. And <laughs> let me tell you something. It, it looks real close to that day. Truth is I'm tired. I'm tired, Lord. I'm tired. I'm heartbroken. It's just frustrated. So much. Mad as hell. Sad as I'm hell. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. But like always. We all we got in the sense that the only thing that keeps me uplifted right now is black people and seeing us come together like this and showing how powerful we can be when that happens. When we come Mm -hmm. together like this, the white people are shook. Like, they're shook. I don't know how much we're going to actually, you know, whatever. But, like, people are making decisions and moves and questioning themselves in a way I've never seen in my adult life. I've never seen so many white people outside sharing Black Lives Matter from being 100% honest with you from a New York perspective, um, what, Brooklyn, where they pass my street. And I just, I to that, I say, keep, keep, keep the energy up. Right. I'm going to say, I want that same energy. I want that same energy when the protests stop happening, when the world opens back up and you are back in your office and you have, you know, you finally find your voice to speak for others. 
know what I'm saying? I hope that you are doing the same Never thing. Stop. You the screaming of Black Lives Matter outside should be the same inside and it should be reflected inside too. Pick your energy and keep it. <laughs> and keep and fucking keep it. Pick it all right. And, and with it. all this, it is even more important to take care of ourselves and each other. Like Audrey Lord said, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. So we wanted to spend the rest of this episode talking about what's been helping us feel good or even, like, helping us release them tears we've been holding back. Yeah, and it also happens to be Black Music Appreciation Month. So, Scotty, I know you're going to have some good albums to share with the people, right? You already know. You know, I've been waiting for this all week. <laughs> we can so use yes. a music talk. This is our therapy. Black girl therapy. Uh, let's talk about it. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Yes. Okay, time for the feel goods. My heart and my soul is ready. Scotty Beam, my music queen. Talk yes. to me about what albums and songs and artists have been getting you through this hellhole of a year. <laughs> I have found myself right. I have found myself only listening to things that speak to my spirit, who speaks kindly to my spirit. Mm. So, um, because I got some songs that'll make me want to bust a head open, but that's not what I'm listening to. <laughs> you got to be right careful now. about the choices. <laughs> okay, hello, because I'll play some crunk music real fast by Lil John, and it'll be a rap. Throw in some here. some Luda, throw some bowls, right place, wrong time. I'm being jammed. Wrong. <laughs> I fuck up my own house. So, yeah, I am. <laughs> I've been listening to things that are kinder on my spirit. So, like, Black Moses by Isaac Hayes mm. or The Roots, How I Got Over. Also, The Roots. I listen to The Roots a lot because they are the walking and breathing versions of revolution mm. to me. They're poetic. It speaks to my heart. Um, Black thought does not play when it comes to the rhymes. You hear me? <laughs> comes to them words. Oh my God, he'll break you down and build you back up. It is insane. Um, but so I've been listening to that. I've been listening to. I make these small playlists for myself. Although, like a lot of people know that I make playlists for others, but I think this. I made the playlist for myself because it doesn't make sense. So this is just a bunch of <laughs> random disco songs and random like, you know, uh, soul, old soul, stuff like that. Um, experimental songs, too, on there that I really love and, and, and cherish um, that remind me of places and remind me of uh, certain spots in my house or remind me of me hanging out with my mom or me singing, yes. having singing offs with my mom and stuff like that. So. Those are the songs that I like to put together and just have like a good old run, you know, down memory lane, you know, and it reminds me to smile. It reminds me that joy does come in the morning. You know mm. what I'm saying? A lot of the music that I listen to right now is really reflective of what I hope to see in the future. Yeah. You know, I love that. So, yeah, I would have to say that, that. <laughs> and then, you know, um, I listen to the Bee Gees. You know, I have a good time with the Bee Gees. I know they're white. Oh. I get it. But I have they're, a great those, time. The bell bottom, the long haired white men that can play. Was that the staying alive? That's them, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> That's why. This is one of the rare. I, I'm excited love, for a rare opportunity for Scotty to be explaining a white person to me. <laughs> you know, no, listen. I kind of just ignore the fact that I just, 
I don't listen to, you know, the whiteness. I just listen to the sound. You know, a white song randomly really crept its way into my heart recently was, um, and I love this song, but I really have been skewing black with shit lately. But like mm-hmm. Elton John's <laughs> Tiny Dancer. That song oh, always. Yes. Really close to Tiny Dancer. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah, no, really I get it. It's every now and then the old white man will sneak his way up in your shit. Right. right. <laughs> Hello. So yeah, but other than that shit, I've been listening to OJ's, the Gap Band. Hey. You know, Willie Hutch, um Soul. Foxy, which is sometimes white. That's what I listen to. But so, what do you listen to? Because you're gonna hit me with the young, you know, the young music. Well, no, the I want to. Well, I will pick up on the to. just to touch on the nostalgia factor, which is what I think you're speaking of. I think a lot of us are finding nostalgia especially comforting as things get crazier and crazier. Songs that take us back to a time where we felt safe or like loved or just like a right. lot of the emotions that we need to be feeling right now. Right. And I think that's why for me, Stevie Wonder from the start of the coronavirus pandemic hitting has saw especially songs in the key of life but really all things Ooh. Stevie Wonder has been uh I've been playing it way more than I normally do because something about Stevie's voice just feels like I'm surrounded by family and mm-hmm. love and understanding mm-hmm. and just like like it just soothes my soul you know what right. I mean like that's what soul music is supposed to do it's like peak right. soul music like it swallow my, you up whole, just like a hug like it's like a, hug. a whole hug yes it's incredible so it's incredible I've been listening music. to a lot of Stevie Wonder songs of a key of life specifically but like you know as as you know is my like, like it don't I get still no better don't understand than as how to me. someone can write like that. Like how you love somebody that much that the times that four plus four four times four times four is eight like or what they don't even until the it don't even make it don't sense. make sense like that's not because I happen. love you bitch until the day that you are me and I am you to the day that you are me and I am you that'll never happen what? that's till what I'm saying till the earth goes from right to left like it's like. Ain't It'll that loving happen. you? Yes, it is, Stevie. And I feel like yeah. Stevie be loving on us as a community and as a race and as a people. So I just need that love, right? So that's why it's been a lot of Stevie. Um, and that also goes in hand in hand with Kirk Franklin and the gospel that's been hitting my soul. I was really happy for you that know. gospel versus because it gave us a really good playlist if nothing else of Kirk and Fred because I listened to them separately, but I liked that they had kind of sequenced something for me in that sense. But let me tell you something about More Than I Can Bear by Kirk Franklin during this time. That song mm. starts with a black woman wailing. So, like, you already mm. know, like, it's been, I understand. It's almost like, it's no wonder that Negro spirituals came from slave fields. Because, like, when you're going through and you just got to figure out how to get through it, like, all you can do, and you just got to call on God, but, like, also are just, like, how do I even sustain myself during this guy and then like for me also be growing up um in church most of middle school and high school i was like a church kid like i was choir bible study praise dance so a lot of these songs were the soundtrack of my life at that point as just as much as you know the secular the secular stuff i was listening to as well i really felt kirk when he called himself secular saint (laughs) i changed my twitter name because i was like i relate i can relate to that so Gospel has been keeping my... Those are the ones that have been touching my soul, right? So then... So those are, those are usually like the morning the morning albums. But then like Solange's A Seat at the Table was made for a time like this. Sis must have seen the future. She must have seen the future because when she's over here telling me about how I have the right to be mad, I was like, you damn right I do. I, you damn right I do. Or Weary, 
When Solange get on that thing and said, I'm weary oh, of the God. ways of the world. And then you can't not talk about cranes in the sky <laughs> because I tried to everything I've been I've been trying to do all the things to get it away. The trauma is it, really. The trauma of being black in America. It's like I've tried to dance it away. There's people out here trying to smoke it away, drink it away, sex, sex it, it away. Like um, try to read it away. it away. Like I've done it all. And it still won't get off my back. It's it get still is heavy. Ooh! Solange, no. It's like that bomb. album is going to be and will be one of the top ten albums of the century. Y'all can mm. say what y'all want. Say it's it. the century. I- I'm here for it. I said it. the century. Not the decade, ho. The Not century. Not the decade. <laughs> the, century. <laughs> the century. You know how many generations that album was going to touch? It's timeless. It's it's timeless. Oh my god! And that's the thing about Jesus. a timeless album because it defi- like a, an album that can both define a particular moment and be timeless at the same time. The power that that has, the international implications. So thank you, Solange, because that album. I'm sure I'm not alone. Go through it if you haven't heard it in a while. Black people, my black sisters, especially. Yes. Press play on a seat at the table when this episode is over if you haven't in a while. And, and cry prom- it out. Cry, cry it out. It. Don't even fight it. Just cathartically get through it. You will you will be happy. You will feel seen, heard, yes. sad, yes. happy, joyful, revolutionary, rebellious, all at the same damn time. All of it. Go through it. You and you'll get some really things. great business tips from Master P. So like get the same, like just go. Through it, and speaking of cathartic albums, the last the the last one I'm gonna name, even though I've been listening to mad, but I've been listening to mad music. But when you want to talk about how when I, I promise you, I said this guy the other day, I said I just laid in bed in the dark and hit play on Frank dark. Ocean's Blonde and cried and cried, <laughs> it just cried my heart out because if you need an album to cry to. Let me tell you about let me tell you about blonde. Let me tell you about the bad bitch known as blonde. She's oh your girl. God. She's the one you she need is to. That she's, bitch, she is that, that girl. You hear <laughs> that me? girl. That girl. It really reminds me of what a breeze feels like. Ooh. Like his music, <sighs> like you just it just penetrates your body in a way that just is like I just needed to feel. And sometimes you have to feel yeah. something to be able to get whatever feelings you have buried out. So even yeah. if like he I'm he's he, I'm sing I'm crying to a song about lost love or like whatever. It's not that. I just needed to, I just needed it. I felt so good after like after listening to Blonde and just crying that I was like I need I I need to share this with the people because it might be the thing. It it really Blonde is really <laughs> It's a perfect album. It's just There's beautiful. There's nothing wrong beautiful. with that album. It is a beautiful album. <sighs> so yeah, that's music. Let's talk about TV. Let's talk about shows. Because you know I love a so good binge. you start with the shows. You start with the shows. I'm going to start what with the shows. What have you been binging? Okay, y'all. I, I tweeted about this. So y'all, some of y'all may know this already. But Sweet Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. Okay. I have to just just give me a second because this is going to be okay. a this is, this is a this is a long pitch right because it's not a long pitch but it's like a this is not a show I would necessarily suggest for everybody prior to this moment. I have just found that for me especially it's a show I would have always loved because I'd be in my like white small town bag sometimes whatever I blame 
mainstream, but it's like I, <laughs> I, I blame the lack of content growing up. But I, I love. Um, I've been looking for escape escapism. I've been looking for light, fluffy, easy, digestible things. Things that are just like, oh, wasn't that lovely? Or, oh, isn't this cute? Or if there's drama, it's minimal. It's very soapy, if you will, where it doesn't feel like heavy. And to me, Sweet Magnolias, the title is the perfect of what it feels like. Like, what it smells like. It's just like, it is such an easy show to watch. Like, 30-minute episodes about, you know, these three best friends in a small town um, just going through life and love. And it's like, it, it gives me Gilmore Girl vibes. If you're wondering, like, if you watch, like, Heart of Dixie or Gilmore Girls, shows like that, very white shows like that, that um, I feel like I felt that same easiness to it. And the, the, what makes it better than Gilmore Girls to me in my heart is that it, even ha- that it actually has a black woman in a lead role in it. Shout out to Heather Headley. Shout out to Heather Headley. I wish I was. I'm you so better, excited on, that Heather. they gave you this role because when I tell you Heather Headley's voice sound like honey molasses the entire Have you ever seen her in um Broadway? I've never seen her in person in Broadway. I've seen like online clips, but I've never like gotten to experience yeah. it on stage. She's great in Aida. But like I and I knew Heather would get into her acting bag. Like we, we she was introduced to us music, but I know like she was one of those people who were trying to cross over. Like she was Broadway and she was trying to do music. And then, like, I've seen her on shows like um, She's Gotta Have It and, like, stuff like that where she played the counselor. But I really was so excited to see her in this leading role. And it's it's kind of sci-fi in a way where it's like she's the one black woman in town and she seems like she's running these white people left and right. Like, she's a lawyer. Her law firm is it. She be telling white people what to do left and right. They be listening and bossing them around. I was like, wow, you love to see it. A fantasy, if you will. So... Shows like this are when, like, if I don't know, like, we all have a friend like Scotty, right? And so when I be talking to Scotty, I'd be like, so here's the thing. <laughs> I love it. I like it because it's easy and sweet and simple. It might be too white for you. I know you have a hard time caring about white characters. You know, okay, so I tried <laughs> to watch the first, like, 10 minutes of it. Because I give thought it, more it was going to be something that. like... um What's the movie with the white people? Uh, Magnolias. Uh, oh, Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. It's I thought it was going to be like vibe. Steel Magnolias. So I was like, okay, I love me a Magnolia. <laughs> and so I go. Magnolia Bakery <laughs> got some bomb banana pudding. <laughs> oh, shout out to the banana. Yo, Magnolia. I'll be right back. Don't ever forget about me. <laughs> Please stay open. Right- Do what you can. I'll be right there. Y'all opening the city up. Magnolia better open the fuck up. You hear me? So yeah, but anyways, yes, yeah, sweet magnolias. Now I can't get banana pudding <laughs> out of my head. So I'm like, yeah, that's sweet <laughs> magnolia, sweet magnolias. Um, but then I seen Heather Headley, and then I seen white kids and white people, and I was like, this is a lot of white people for it's me. A lot of white people. Um, I was like, yeah, I have to try this a different day. I'm gonna keep watching it yeah i say give it two episodes max i mean minimum and see how you feel i watched that one the first night of the protests and i I just needed something just to zone out to and i promise you i watched the whole series in like one day and i was like oh god it's over because i just was like because i would just need like i just was i didn't realize how like desperate i was for something just good and pure i think pure is what i'm looking for so sweet magnolias for sure Sticking on the Netflix realm, I'm going to, you know, I'm working my way through. Shout out to the sponsor, 
Friends from College is not a new show, but I've been revisiting shows that are funny as shit. Because I need to laugh. I need to laugh. And when I tell you, when I need to laugh, like to like tears, I will just go to season one of Friends from College to episode five, the winery, the winery episode. My my niggas, let me tell y'all something. Even if you don't watch the whole series, just go to episode five. I promise you're not really missing much before episode five, to be completely honest. You can watch it from there. But that shit will have you crying till you're laughing. And I think for me, I'm looking for stuff that can do that sometimes too. So friends from college, Mm -hmm. shout out to them. Um, Normal People on Hulu is another one I'm going to name because I saw a lot of people telling me about this show. I mean, tweeting and uh, posting about how much they like this show but initially when i looked at it i saw it was about two white teens in ireland and i said well that's a that's a lot for me to figure out how to, that's a lot for me to leap over to relate to <laughs> to get to this story like i'm gonna have to make a lot of you know i'm gonna have to jump through a lot of hoops to get into this uh right. narrative you know what i mean but i had heard a lot of good reviews about the book and then i started to see some black people like ira madison and like some other people saying like Oh, like if you're looking for something to just like lose yourself in, Normal People is one of those shows. I was like, okay, yes, I, I'm looking for something to lose myself in. I'm looking for romance. I wasn't looking for these white kids from Ireland, but if I got to go through them to get it, if they have to be the catalyst, I'll take it. I watched mm-hmm. the whole series in like two days. I really was really into it. Now, I will say it's a slow start. I don't even know how many people are really going to work their way through it, but because you, you have to get through really, like, you have to figure out how to care about people who look and know nothing about your existence or your life. Like, I don't think I saw a black person the entire time. Like, I don't know. I, like, I don't know if there are black people in Ireland based on this show or not, but I got caught up in the, the romance between the two main characters. And I, I really, I have, I think most 20 something millennials in general, can relate to a story about being on and off, like this person who you love so much coming in and out of your life through high school, through college, through adulthood, and like just how you deal or make that bond work. Like, it's like this couple that they they just love each other so much, but like because of being teens and like coming from different social statuses and other stuff, like and going through college, they just keep missing each other via communication or whatever else, but, like, the connection is there. Their connection is what kept me connected to the movie because I can relate to that. Like, I can relate to that connection. So, like, the kind that transcends times and scenarios and it's all of this shit. The one that, you know, Scotty, we all got that man. The one that your friends ask you, like, why are you still giving this nigga another shot? You know what I mean? Mm. That's Marianne and mm. oh boy. And, like, I, I was into it. I was into it for what it was, but it is quite quite white it's quite white <laughs> and my final throwout is gonna be I'm, I'm gonna transition with this one because i know for sure it's one that we all watch we've talked about it on the show many times but insecure on sunday has oh, been man. the second church service that i need to oh, get by man. the low-key happy episode which was the low the episode where lawrence and Issa finally have a date and I realized that we'd never seen them have a date before in our lives and just finally be romantic, grown, well-dressed, able to afford a black car version of Lyft, ass, mature, have conversations and just get what's yours, energy, like big X energy. <laughs> like all of it was just, 
I needed it. I loved it. It, it, I've watched it every day in the past mm. week. Like, I just loved that episode. I didn't know how much I needed it. But like I said, it fits into that whole thing of like, I just want something that makes me feel good. I think in the most uncertain of times, we we lean towards the familiar spaces. And this definitely speaks to that. Um, but it was beautiful to just watch a black couple go out on a date and just and then just love on each other. Like, they made love. That was the first insecure sex scene where these fools were making love, honey. They were love. not love, okay? L O V E E E E <laughs> love. Like it was that. So it was good. That episode was self. It was and it was at the height of everything. Like when it came out that weekend was like the weekend where we were really. It was like we we were at the start of the protest, the peak of like. Them acting like they won't go and arrest the other cops and George Floyd's shit. Like, we just needed something. And thank you, Natasha Rothwell, for writing the fuck out of that episode. You did that shit. Wrote your fingers off. You did that shit. You hear me? Your fingers was fucking on fire. I don't understand how you still have fingers after that. That was a great episode, boy. That was great. That was amazing. That might be my favorite episode of the whole series. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's that's yeah. where I'm at. That's those are the those are the feel goods that have been on my binging screens. How about you? Well, everybody knows that I love The <laughs> Office, so that's first. I have to get that out of the way. Everybody knows The Office on Netflix is what I watch every night um, in order to go to sleep, and um, sometimes I just let it run throughout the day. Like, just like if I'm playing a song, like, I'll let the show run because I know I'm so familiar with the show. And also I know every line almost Mm -hmm. of the show. Um, Certain parts make me laugh. Season six is my favorite. So I watch that the most. But yeah, everything about (laughs) that show brings me laughter and joy. I'm laughing just thinking about it. Can you imagine Michael... uh... (laughs) I'm laughing just thinking about Steve Carell's like can you imagine what their office would do like when in this time period like when oh they had to decide all, if they were going to post a black box or how they were going to support yo, with diversity you know and how funny training? that shit would be having like Dwight try to understand what the fuck is going on at first like I love that show I love that show oh, with my whole God. heart I could you see Daryl um, Daryl and what's the other guy Stanley just struggling to be like, well, even in the fucking show, they have, they struggle, like, through trying to explain what blackness is and their blackness. You know, it's just, it's, I, I love that damn I show. I love it. It's I love hilarious. that show. So, um, that's the, sh- that's my number one and will always be number one. Then I started rewatching Dexter. Again, oh. I know it's not a feel good show. <laughs> the one about the serial killer? But to <laughs> me, it's a feel good show. I like the show. I like the show because, um, it was cathartic. You know, homeboy, homeboy's <laughs> a little crazy, you know, and he's um a little off. <laughs> but he comes up with colorful ways how to, like, get these people, these bad people, mm. you know, how to kill these bad people. So I think that's really colorful and cool to watch. Another show that I've been watching is The Newsroom. Yes. I've been trying to get Sylvia Sky to got watch me this into show. it. Because I am a morning show stan, and I found out about the newsroom, and I just can't. 
stop watching this shit. <laughs> like, it's so smart. And it reminds me everything. And like, it reminds me of 2011. It reminds me of 2012 because they actually talk about some shit in there. Yeah. And it reminds me of the radio station where I used to work. So mm. I think uh, it's a lot of that in there where it's just very familiar with me. You know, I have a good time. And it's pretty funny. It's a pretty funny show. And the romance in there is not bad either. So I like that show. Then um, there's a show on Hulu called uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Hmm. It's a vampire show. Oh, hell. (laughs) Every time I think I might get a recommendation. (laughs) It's a look into the daily lives of three vampires. Who's lived together for about a hundred years on Staten Island? Wow. It is funny as fuck. Sylvia, don't do wow. Don't do the passive. Don't do the <laughs> no. I'm really. Wow. I'm genuinely trying to like. You hear think, me out. You hit me with every word that you said. At, was not what I was expecting to be next. Like so it was like a series of like daily life vampires live together. So vampire roommates, and then you said Staten Island, yes. and that just really threw me for a hundred years. Um, it's fucking hilarious. It's very dry. I enjoy it. Um, so yeah, that's those are the shows that I'm watching um, that bring me joy, that make me laugh. We. Truly hope some of these shows and albums can bring you a moment of peace and release through all this madness. And if you got gems that you also want to put us onto, please, please, we need, I'm running out of things to watch. So really, please let us know using the hashtag, okay, now listen. And in case we didn't put y'all on enough this episode... It's now time for Putting You On, where we recommend things that we enjoy in hopes that you can also enjoy it. Sylvia, what are you putting the people on to today? I loved the Amplify Melanated Voices hashtag that has been making its way around social media. So I just wanted to use this time to highlight a few of the voices, the Black voices that I found to be especially helpful these past few weeks. All right, Miss Getty, Brittany Packnett for the activism, all of that. At I am GM Johnson, George Johnson, he is always about, you know, all of the same things, but also bringing like a queer lens to it in a way that's very useful. I love him and her. Wesley Lowry is a a black journalist who's been on the ground since Ferguson, um, former Washington Post reporter. Um, He's a great person to follow if you want to know what's happening on the ground at these protests. E. Marvelous, Aaron Haynes is another reporter who's sticking to these cases and letting you know all that information there. The CCNYC is a great resource for creatives just looking for ways to process what's going on. At Mark.C is an amazing photographer capturing the movement right now. Check him out. At Jane Deluxe is another journalist at the New York Times. She's great on the wellness tip. At Darian, beauty news, but also like how these beauty brands are reacting to us. Black women especially, we put our money there the most, so we need to know who's speaking up for us. At Darian is a great person to follow to track that. At Speak Patrice is great for, she's been covering on what it's like to be a black journalist during this time right now. And um, I think her threads on Twitter have been especially helpful during that. Um, At Reagan Gomez, always is a great person if you're just looking for somebody who is collecting the timeline as is and like what's popping she's really good about being diligent about trending topics and what tweets are hitting so sometimes if you can't keep up her timeline's a good one to check it out at neef muhammad is also great about policy and like and just talking as he's an amazing writer who 
just really breaks down well how we're feeling right now. And then finally at Jonathan Wall, um, who is a lawyer, and he his Instagram stories, especially about breaking down what it really means to defund the police and abolition and all these other big terms that we're talking about. I found a lot of great breakdowns on his Instagram story, so follow him too. Whew. That is amazing. What about you, that Scotty? Was um, I'm going to add the people uh, whose voices I want to amplify once this episode comes out. So I'm, you know, check it out. I'll be retweeting it on at Scotty Beam. All the people that I follow and amplify and lift up. Yes. Um, but right now I want to talk about opening your motherfucking purses. Pockets. Um, getting yes, please open them pockets, purses, change coins, whatever you whatever you call it, change purses. Because um, now I'm going to talk about funding um, and donating. So blacklivesmatter.com, you can donate there. Minnesota Freedom Fund, you can donate there. Black Visions Collective, Campaign Zero, Reclaim the Block, uh, Healing Minneapolis, Disability Justice Mutual Aid Fund, Mutual Aid Fund by the Anti-Police Terror Project. So... There are going to be a few other lists, too, that are going to, I'm going to put out, I guess, about um, donating, where to donate, who to donate to. And also, if you have more money or money like that, donate to those who need it. You know, we're also going through a pandemic with COVID-19. People don't have jobs. So if you find it in your heart mm. to, like, give it to somebody that you know will need it, uh don't hesitate to hit that cash app. Listen. Don't hesitate to hitch that hello, hello, that PayPal or whatever it is. Um, just give, especially if you know that you will be getting it back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So give as much as you possibly can. Yes. Um, yeah, and that's all I'm about. Open that. Let that money talk, sweetheart. Let that money talk. Let that keep money it, talk. Keep it, keep it two Virgils with them. Keep it two Virgils with them. Oh, keep it completely <laughs> two Virgils. You know what I mean? Don't We don't want people, especially if you're white, don't donate nothing less than the Virgil to any of these organizations. Don't piss me off, first of <laughs> a all. Virgil means $50. Don't you even think don't about don't. a Virgil. <laughs> You better think about a few Virgils. A few a few, a few Virgils. Several Virgils, if you got it like that. Just don't be Virgil. That's it. Don't be <laughs> Virgil. That's the moral story. Because <laughs> you will get called out and turned into a cultural name. <laughs> Quickly. Quickly with your cheap ass. Cheap ass. Go ahead. Anyway. All right. <laughs> That's our show. <laughs> fucking giving $50 when your fucking clothes cost 300 and more. Are you sick? It's ridiculous. It's cheap. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's cheap. Go ahead. All right now. All right. That's our show. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. You know, we do our best to keep it two virgins with y'all at all times. So we appreciate y'all checking in. Our show is a production of Pineapple Street Studios in partnership with Netflix and Strong Black Lead. Shout out to our team. Executive producers are Agarenish Ashagre and Jasmine Lawson. Our lead producer is Jess Jupiter, and our music is by Amanda Jones. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman. Make sure you share your thoughts with us on this episode using the hashtag OKNowListen. We love hearing y'all's feedback. Follow Strong Black Lead on the socials at Strong Black Lead, and follow us too. I'm at Sylvia Obell. And I'm at Scotty Beam. Until next time, folks, stay safe as you can, stay blessed, and give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace.